Welcome, you're listening to the Agile Unemployment Podcast, where in each episode, we take an in-depth look at being out of work. We'll talk about the programs and benefits available to you. We'll talk about the job hunting process itself. And most importantly, we're going to address the psychological and emotional impact that being out of work has on the individual. I'm your host, Sabina Sulat. I'm an HR expert and author. A few years ago, I lost my dream job and found myself unemployed for the first time in my life. I was frustrated by the lack of resources and information available to people out of work, but more than that, I was just stunned by the fact that we don't talk about unemployment. I took my experience and I turned it into a book and I now coach people to build resilience while they're out of work. If you are out of work, if you recently lost your job, or maybe you've been unemployed for a while, or maybe you're just afraid that you might lose your current job, this is the place to be. We're a safe place where we can talk about all aspects of being out of work. We can answer your questions and we can help you build resilience so that when you go back to work, you are stronger and more confident than ever. So let's get started. Hi there. Before we get started for today, I want to share a success story. I love sharing success stories. It's really easy when people around us are getting work and we're out of work to feel all kinds of emotions, to feel fatigued, overwhelmed, happy for them, kind of a little depressed and sad for you, you go all over the map with this and that's perfectly normal. I want you to think of success stories as proof that people are getting work, proof that people are getting jobs they want, are finding success because that means your success is that much closer. Want to share a story, someone actually I'm going to read. Someone sent me this email. I'm really excited about it. Hello, Sabina. Things are going really well. I just started at a new job last week after being unemployed for eight months. I've been there. I was part of cuts at the old job after 10 years of service. Being laid off at my age was debilitating. Your book was recommended to me by a former colleague. Simply put, your words grabbed me on the first page. I used your advice about networking and finding your passion. It came at the right time, and luckily, I found the right job, or it found me. Thank you so much. Looking forward to future conversations. Hope I never need this book again, but thank you. I always know it's there. Great story. So happy for this person. It is not unusual at a certain level to be out of work for several months. The average job search takes six months. Then you can add to it if you're looking for a six-figure job or an executive level job. I hope that I make your job search, if not shorter, easier. I'm so glad I helped this person and I look forward to helping you. Well, it's hard to know where to start, but I guess the first thing I need to say is thank you to everybody. I'm getting tremendous encouragement and support for this podcast. I haven't even officially released any episodes, and already people are reaching out to me in emails, on LinkedIn, social media, saying this is a great idea. Thank you. You're welcome, and please keep supporting. My goal in this podcast, besides providing a safe place where we can talk about all things unemployment, is to give listeners a mixture of what they need. Unemployment is like this Gordian knot. There's this emotional, psychological aspect of it. There's the professional aspect. And then there's this practical aspect of 
things you have to do when you're out of work and you need to get back to work. And then there are these great stories of what people have been through. Sharing them is how they feel better, how other people feel better. And we kind of learn ways to get through what is not a great time in life. That's my hope for the podcast. So today's episode is going to go to the practical side of things. I've gotten an amazing amount of questions about resumes. And I think this is Resumes are probably your most important tool in your going back to work toolkit. They're also this mystery to people. People, it's one of those things people wonder all the time, like, am I doing this right? Do I really understand what I'm supposed to do? Today, I hope to take some of the mystery out of resumes for you. I hope to make it a little easier for you. But above all, I want to make sure that you're being effective with your resume so that you can get back to work sooner rather than later. So let's go. First question I get asked all the time, I work with a lot of students who are entering the job market for the first time, a lot of people going back to work. A question I'm getting a lot lately is, why do I even need this? Isn't it enough that I have a profile on LinkedIn, that I have skills listed in Indeed, that I'm on social media? Do I even need a resume? And the answer to that is a hard yes, you need a resume. I would say you need a resume way before you start applying for work. So if you are a student in school, start that resume now. If you are out of work, stop what you're doing. Work on your resume if you don't have one. If you are thinking of leaving a job or you're afraid you might lose your job, get your resume together because it's one of those things you definitely want to have it before you need it so you're not scrambling around because a resume could be the defining factor in whether or not you get a job. And I'll get into that in a few minutes. You need a resume. Another question I get all the time, and this is from across the board. What's the difference between a resume and a CV? Do I need a CV? And that's going to depend on a lot of things. CV, I always laugh at this because it's a term that's almost passe, except in a few kind of exotic circles. CV stands for curriculum vitae, I think. I should have looked that up. Go ahead and look it up and correct me if I got it wrong. It's one of those things like at a, at a party when someone mentions something and everybody's like, oh yeah, uh-huh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And they talk about it, not quite knowing what it is. That's a CV. A CV, the difference between CV and resume goes like this. Resume is your work history, your experiences, your skills, maybe a little summary of what you're looking for, what you're hoping for, your education. It might have one or two awards if that's important in your field. And that's it. That's your resume. A CV, on the other hand, is a far more formal document, and it goes a lot more in depth about you and your work history, your education. It will list your honors. It will list your experiences. It will probably list if you have publications, achievements, and it will go in depth. If you have a publication, when, where, kind of a little summary of what that is. All of that is in a CV. CVs in the U.S. are still used in certain fields and at certain job levels. If you go into publishing, academia, you definitely need a CV. If you are going into a job in the C-suite or at a high level in a global organization, you might be asked for a CV. CVs are usually pretty long. I've actually seen CVs that are about 24 pages. The shortest CV I recall seeing was eight pages, and that was for somebody in academia who was pretty new. How do you know which to use? 
a lot of it depends again, job level, where you're applying, but look at the, look at the job application or the job ad, the job description on the website, Indeed, LinkedIn, and it will say, you know, CV required, that sort of thing. It will say, you know, resume. If it says both, look at the job title, look at the scope of the work, that sort of thing. I think if you're a U.S. applicant, you're fine with resume. Should they call you in for an interview or a phone screen, they might ask for more, and that's when you get to work on a CV. So that's kind of a quick and easy way of knowing the difference between the two, when to use one, when to use the other. If you're applying for work outside the U.S., I believe Canada most of Europe, definitely the UK, they are a CV world. That's what they like. They want a lot more depth and detail. There is a certain kind of uh, format that you would follow. I think if you need a CV, it might be worth it to hire somebody. Resumes, you could pretty much do yourself. CVs, you can do on your own. If you're new to it, I might consider getting somebody professional to help you with that. Kind of your call. One thing about either document, you need a foundation resume or CV on hand. Resumes, we tweak a lot more for job applications. CVs, not as much, but you might want to highlight certain things given where you're applying. So I think a good foundational document, Word, Google Docs, is really important. And I'll get into that in a little bit, but you should always have that handy. You should always make that one of the priorities when you're looking for work under whatever circumstances. Let's get into some talk about the resume itself. This is mainly geared towards U.S. audiences, this podcast. So let's talk some some resume issues here. First of all, I have seen the purpose of resume change drastically in the past two to three years. I don't know whether it's a COVID thing. I don't know whether it's an insurgence of social media or Gen Zers in the workplace, but we're starting to get into this world that is very individualized. And that crosses over not just what people want, but what organizations are looking for, what recruiters are looking for. I want to know as a recruiter, when I look at your resume, I want to know what's in it for me. I want to know what about you makes you think you will be successful in this role. I don't want to have to hunt for it. I don't want to have to read between the lines. We're getting into this very instant gratification kind of world. Your resume has to speak to that. Before, your resume was this history of you, your work talents, your skills, your experience, and it was pretty much the same resume for every job. Once we started to use laptops, computers, and it was so much easier to tweak a document, can you imagine in this day and age having to write up your resume on a typewriter? Oh my gosh, I can't think of anything more excruciating and arduous. So now we have computers, and now the expectation is it's going to be very personalized, even for an organization. You have to, your kind of goal is to take all of your experience and skills and let someone you've never met know how you're going to be successful at the job. It's not as difficult as it sounds. I'm going to tell you how to do it. So here you go. Get the job description. You want to look at it, read it carefully. Please do not just willy-nilly apply to a job because you like the title. You have to read the description carefully. What you want to do is, first of all, make sure you meet most of the minimum requirements. Then you read the job, read about the organization, do a little homework. And I, you'll hear me say this a million times. When you apply for work, it should be a quality over quantity thing. Make sure it's a job you want in an organization where you want to work, a job that you can do, 
a job that you want to do. You shouldn't be just hitting, you know, send all day long. That's the wrong way to apply for a job and get something that you want. Very carefully read the job description. I will say this, LinkedIn is a godsend to people applying for work, especially if you have the premium version. If not, find someone who has it. I, this is something I often do for clients. The premium version will tell you the chief skills of a job. It'll lay it out there. You should have those in your resume probably your LinkedIn profile. But you can also do this yourself. Just read it, pull out words that you see, keep repeating. If you see collaboration in three bullet points, chances are that's a skill you need to have on your resume. If you see a Microsoft Office Suite, you need to have that on your resume. So it's not that difficult to do. You also want to read the responsibilities. Are these things that you have done you know how to do? If so, yes, you should have those on the resume. Please only list things that you actually know how to do. Very, very significant. Do not copy and paste directly from the job posting. People see that. They notice it and they do not. They might call you in for the interview. They will not think very highly of you. You'll, you'll kind of have this question mark on you like, wow, I know what they did. I'm not really sure I want to talk to them, but they seem to have the skills, so I'll bring them in. Then you have to back it up. But it also reflects that you're not really, you can't do that and say, oh, I have an attention to detail. You don't. A couple of tips about the resume in general. Always have a skills section. I just talked about how recruiters and organizations want it very specialized to them. They want to see that resume and say, ah, this person has what we need. A skills section is an easy way, less laborious, fancy words today way of making sure that you have the skills listed in the job description on your resume, and it won't take you a lot to tweak it and update it. So have that skill section. I like to put it at the top of a resume because recruiters spend about two minutes looking at a resume. They're going to assume the applicant tracking system has separated the wheat from the chaff, that what I have in my inbox are people who are really the best candidates for the role. I'm going to give that once over with my eyes. I'm probably going to look at the skills section to determine whether or not you go in the next pile for a deeper dive from me. So have that skills section front and center, bullet out the points, use the keywords in the job application. Really simple way and effective way to format your resume. Resumes, two pages max. I would not go back more than 10 years and really only if it's significant to the job or it's the job that the skills actually cross over. Only list things you really know how to do. If you claim you know, I don't know, how to make pivot tables in Excel, you better know how to make pivot tables in Excel. The skills section, let's talk about that for a second. If somebody has a skill listed that I want you to know negotiation for vendors and you've never done that. However, if you, let's just say, worked in real estate where you had to negotiate every day, negotiation is still a skill. We call this transferable skills. I want to call it out because I don't think people give themselves enough credit. I will talk to people and they will say, oh, I, I've never done that in that field. That doesn't mean you don't know how to do that skill. Carefully read the job description. If you even have an inkling as to how to do something, let's just say collaborate. If you have worked on a volunteer board, if you have worked in a group, if you, I don't know, are your kids a scout leader, 
you know how to collaborate. If you, let's see, others, communication is a really hot skill right now. We all communicate. (laughs) But if you did it as part of a job, even if you waited tables, you're probably a good communicator because you, to me, the best part of communicating or the most effective skill in communicating is listening. You had to get every order right all the time. You had to read the room. You had to read your customer. You had to tell them daily specials. Then you had to coordinate with a kitchen staff. Those are all transferable skills if you go into office work. Don't sell yourself short in that skill level. One thing I ask people to do uh, when I work with them is have a a document. Uh, If you're a pencil and paper kind of person, do that. If you have, if you're a Word person, if you're a Google Docs person, whatever works for you, start a document and it's a database of you. So you would start, open your document, list skills and list all the skills you think you have. Think about the jobs you've had. You might want to put the job and then what skills you used in that job. The next job, what skills you used in that. That's your database. You're going to use that to build your resume. The next thing that people don't do enough is Give ourselves credit for our accomplishments. That's the next phase of this database I'm going to ask you to do. So you've got the skills section, then you have the accomplishments, and it's anything you did in a job that makes you feel good about it, that you point to and say, I was successful there. If you cut attrition, if you were the top salesperson, if you, I don't know, were the person, the go-to trainer person in your department, anything that you think is an accomplishment, list it. Here's the other thing I want you to do. I want you to maybe list the effect of that accomplishment. If you hired a new staff and had a zero attrition rate, that's a major accomplishment. If you saved money for your your organization, that's an accomplishment. So also what was the effect of that accomplishment? Even if it just made you feel good, you're going to go back to this database and I'll tell you why. So you've set up the database and now I've told you, go through a job description, pull out key skills, look at your database, see if you've done them. If you've forgotten it and that job description tweaks your memory, great. Add it to the document. And then that foundational resume that you've started to build, You add it there so you use this resume to apply for that job. It can be that simple. I think you should always have a basic resume and a basic CV if that goes into your field. And then you're going to use that database to build for each job for which you apply. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of work. The first few times, it'll probably take you a little bit. Once you get the hang of it, it'll be pretty easy. But again, I'm asking you, apply in a quality way. Apply for jobs you really want, that you really deserve, that deserve you. Not just constantly applying so that you can walk away at the end of the day saying, oh, I applied to 20 jobs. No, I applied to two jobs, but they were amazing jobs that I really want and that really fit my background and I gave the best resume possible. That's how you want to end your day. You can have that basic resume and hand it out to people and then say, I'm going to kind of customize it for this job later, but this gives you an idea of my skills. So make sure it's a good foundational resume. If you're going for multiple fields, And this is something I occasionally do. So I will, my background is organizational development and learning and development. They're two very different things. I think they're tied together. I have a foundational resume for each one. When I decide I want to apply for a job, I go ahead and do exactly what I told you to do. I take the foundational document. I tweak it according to the job description. I send it off knowing that it's the best possible resume for that job that I can come up with. And most of the time I get callbacks. 
So it really does work. If you are a person who, look, I don't have the time, I don't have the energy, I'm overwhelmed by this, and if you have the resources to, consider hiring a resume writing company. It is a very distinct skill. People get certified in it. That's all they do. The things I would say to you are definitely vet the person or the organization, ask for reviews, look them up online, see what they do, make sure you know exactly what the expectation is of you, of them, and of the resume that they that they produce for you. Make sure there's a money back or a redo guarantee. What I mean by this is you want to make sure that if the resume doesn't work, you're not out that money because either you're not working, you're starting out your career, or you're worried about your job security, money's going to be an issue for you. You want to make sure this is a good investment in yourself and your career. If the resume doesn't work, if you don't get interest from employers, you want to make sure they'll either go back to the drawing board or you get your money back. Any good company, any good contractor will give you that kind of guarantee. Their business depends upon it. There you have it. There's like some tips about resumes, what you need to write, what you can do to ramp up success in your job applications. So one thing I want to talk about, and this is why it's so important, applicant tracking systems. I think this is like the CV where people say, oh yeah, applicant tracking systems. They're not really sure what they are. So let's take some mystery out of that for you. When a job is listed on a site, there is a mechanism set up to get the resumes that meet this job description to the recruiter's inbox. An applicant tracking system is that thing that sorts out resumes. It's like a sifter, and it will make sure that usually there's kind of a criteria that's been put on the program. I only want resumes from people who have graduated from college, who are certified in X, who have the skill of communication and Python. It will sift through to make sure that resumes with a certain percentage of the desired information get to the recruiter's inbox. Because we live in this day and age where people just click, 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 recruiters get this virtual tsunami of applications. It's starting to ramp up for them because of recession fears. You want to make sure your resume gets through that sifter. If you will, think of applicant tracking systems as this, or your resume as this participant in an online game. You know, you get through the first level and then you get to the next level and then there's a different set of criteria you have to meet. The first level is probably that sifter, that applicant tracking system. The next level is the recruiter's inbox. You have to make sure that your resume gets through the first level, has all the necessary criteria skills, requirements, etc. The next level, when the recruiter looks at it online or prints it out, it's aesthetically pleasing. It's not too hard to read, not too much text, nice bullet points. I can look at it as a recruiter and say, this person meets the requirements. They have the skills. Put it into the next pile to do the deeper dive. Your resume has to do a lot of things. That's why it's important to take your time with it. That applicant tracking system is your first virtual gatekeeper. One, a couple of notes. You not only have to meet requirements and skills and maybe even a few responsibilities, so it's those keywords. It also has to be in a format that will get past the applicant tracking system. What I say to people is, I understand we have these great tools like Canva, where we can have these 
beautiful resumes that look like, you know, a, a medieval document sometimes because they're so pretty and colorful. I think less is more with an applicant tracking system. The different kinds of fonts that you use, italic, bold, and so forth, can trip up a system. I would go with as simplistic a document as possible to get through that. If you want to post the pretty document onto your LinkedIn page, onto your social media, go for it. If you have your own web page, definitely. Before the applicant tracking systems for applying, you want a simple language. Usually the job description will tell you, submit a PDF, submit a Word. A PDF seems to be the best way to go so that you get past that applicant tracking system. So I'll tell you a little story because I like to tell stories. When I was out of work, I, for the life of me, couldn't understand why the resume that always got me multiple job offers was suddenly getting me crickets. I was applying to everything thoughtfully, mindfully, and I was getting nothing. And I couldn't understand why. And I kept applying and I kept applying. And one day I kind of had this epiphany. I saw somebody had posted on LinkedIn. It's attributed to Einstein, but I don't know if he said it. And it was the, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And I was like, oh, that's me with the resume. Clearly something's going on with my resume and I don't know what it is. Now keep in mind, I had been out of work for a good, let's see, six, seven, eight months. I'd had very few job interviews. I had early success and then it dried up. I made the decision. I was running out of money. I made the decision, okay, I'm going to hire a resume writer. I did a little shopping around. I picked one company. I had a meeting. I loved the meeting. I loved the intake. They seemed to really care about me. They sent me a draft of the resume and I asked them to expedite it. I paid for that. I remember, and I write very painfully about this in my book, sitting in a Panera parking lot waiting for a friend. Uh, we had kind of this two-person support group of unemployed people. And I was near tears because I was using the last amount of credit I had on my American Express card, thanks American Express, to pay for this resume writing service. And my thought was, I really don't know where I'm going to be if this doesn't work because that last reserve on my credit card was my emergency fund. It had gotten that bad. I put my trust in this company and I was terrified. I was scared. I was angry and I was hopeful. A week and a half later, they sent me the draft. I hated it. I couldn't stand what they gave me. I was angry. I felt betrayed. I felt bamboozled. I sent it to some friends who were recruiters who loved it. All of my friends loved it. And I thought, okay, maybe I'm just too close to the situation. I called the owner of the company. I laid into her. I, you know, you cheated me. I don't like this. It, this is not what I expected. And she said something to me that was very profound. And it is one of the things that I always pass on to people. She said, we are not writing resumes for people. We are writing resumes for technology. That made sense to me. That made a significant amount of sense to me. That and the fact that my recruiter friends found the resume easy to read. They could find what they were looking for in the document. The owner of the company said, I understand you're upset. Go ahead and use this for a few days, for a few weeks. If nothing happens, if you're unhappy, we will redo it for free. And I was mollified by that. I thought, okay, fine, I will do that. I began to use it the next day and it was like someone had flipped a switch. Seriously, I went from not to hot. I had phone screens. I had people wanting to interview me. I had hits online for my resume. One of the first jobs I applied to using that resume was the job I ultimately took. 
And I cannot tell you how hopeful just even those phone calls made me. Those those phone screens, the the initial interviews. I got a great job, and I was I I really love the company. I was very happy there. There was so much potential in it, and all because I got a resume that went through an applicant tracking system. This is why I really advocate you apply thoughtfully. You do a good job on your resume. If you can't do it, you hire a professional. It will make a huge impact on your job search. I do my best to help clients get through these applicant tracking systems. I'm not an expert at it. I can game it a little bit and I pass that on. I'm giving that knowledge to you here today. If you don't believe me, try it. If it doesn't work, let me know. You can email me. You can reach me on LinkedIn, anything else you want. I know what I'm asking you to do is not easy. It's going to be a little time consuming initially, it will pay off. It will give you big reward in the end. Our How we use resumes has changed. It's a brand new world and we have to adapt to it. I want you to be successful and this is just another tool I can offer you in order to do so. So I wish you luck in the job search. I hope if it doesn't shorten your job search, it at least makes it a little easier. Thanks for listening. And there you have it for today. I hope you learned something or heard something today that is helping you as you are in your out-of-work journey and that will help you normalize the conversation about being out of work. If you heard something that resonated with you, please show us support, subscribe, like, or comment on something. If you'd like to learn more information, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Sabina Sulat. I'm the only one. You can also reach out to me on my website, reworkingworks.com. You can also email me at s-s-u-l-a-t at reworking.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to know about private coaching, more about the book, more about the podcast, I wish you luck in your getting back to work journey. I hope that you've learned something here that if it hasn't made that journey a little shorter, it's at least made it a little easier. Until next time, thanks for joining.